It's Tuesday, Tuesday special. Strap in, we're going somewhere else. Is it the metaverse? Oh, yeah, I think you're all fed up about me talking about the metaverse. Maybe my next guest, maybe he's in the metaverse, maybe not. Have you heard of augmented reality? Have you watched The Matrix? Hmm, get them QR codes out. 15 seconds, we're gonna talk all about it. And what are you all doing on lunch today? Was it a Pratt? Was it a Tesco meal deal? I hear they've gone up now. Oof. Anyways, four seconds. Hello everyone, it's Tuesday. Thank you for joining me on LinkedIn. I have an awesome guest. Sorry, James, I will introduce you properly, but you're right, I hear Tesco's put up the Tesco meal deal prices. So well, we, we, we live in a strange world. But meal deals aside, because you are an architectural professional that I admire from the industry, but James, I'm gonna bring up your full name and details here. So James, James Lee Burgess, FRSA member like myself. Need to ask Indeed. you how to use the membership. But how are you, James? Are you okay? I'm great. Very good. Looking forward ah. to the football later. Are you? Well, I won't keep you too long then. I was, <laughs> last last night I was everyone was beeping in London and all that stuff. But I'm going to give you um, a virtual round of applause. Thank you for being here. Thank you very much. So, so James, you went to Cardiff University, and, yeah. and so you, as I as I called you earlier, you're an adopted fellow Welshman, but a Cornish man yourself. Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, James, and, and what your current business is, and maybe a little bit of your background in architecture as well? Sure. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me on, Stephen. Uh, great to be here. Um, yeah. So I am an architect, ARB registered still still hanging in there and um, studied at Cardiff for the whole degree. Um, brought up in Cornwall, made my way to Cardiff, then went to London to do my year out and spent 10 years in London after that, once qualified doing uh, social housing, lots of mixed use projects. Then I ended up moving to sunny Norfolk, which is where I am mm -hmm. now after having kids and carried on my architecture here for like, oh, it's probably about 13 years. And then I had the opportunity to set up my own practice. And I did that in 2019. And originally that was more of a arch traditional architecture practice, but always had the vision to move into uh, augmented reality and mixed reality because it seemed like a bit of a game changer, well, a game changer for the industry. And um, we invested very heavily in something called Microsoft HoloLens, which is a mixed reality device, HoloLens okay. 2. Yeah. And deployed that on sites and began our journey into mixed reality. And then after that, AR. So yeah, and now I'm about a year ago, we changed full direction to AR and MR development studio, uh, focusing on the built environment. So, yeah, it's all fairly new still, but going well. Amazing. And so I just got a comment quickly, James, that if you can hear like banging above me, I've got some roofers who are like trying to oh. fix my the roof that in the in the building I'm in. So there's a 5% chance that like a builder will just fall down and, and join <laughs> us 
<laughs> join, join us on on the live stream, which unfortunately will be. Yeah, it won't be mixed or augmented. It will be a no. real person, unfortunately, smashing the physical environment. Danger. Yeah. Well, uh, I've but, got. I'm next to the entry door to the studio here, and I've realised that there's a beep that occurs every time somebody comes through. So apologies if that starts to. It's it's all right. Don't worry. You're you? in good company. <laughs> Unprofessional letting the builders know and the door that goes on. But um, it's very interesting what you do, James, because. In the last few weeks, I've been looking for architecture careers in the metaverse, and you dropped me a really nice message where you talked about, you know, augmented mixed reality, and, and you kind of teased with the the, the M word, and and um, <laughs> you you wouldn't be alone in that because in terms of the metaverse, I think there's definitely something exciting about it, but at the same time, everyone's got a different opinion as they should do as. As, as practicing architects, but we'll go on to the metaverse a bit later. What is very interesting though, and I'll bring your website in a bit, and you can, you know, we can see some of the work you've done with clients with BT, but you, you know, we augmented reality. So I remember the best example I can think of augmented reality, James, is Pokemon Go, me yeah. and my ex-partner knocking around London, and trying to find Pokemons. I had a glitch actually where you could ride the DLR in London because it's very slow. Sometimes <laughs> I would catch a Pokemon sitting on the Brilliant. DLR. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. that was one of the best examples um, that I could think of. What is in terms of construction use, so Pokemons aside, if someone's thinking augmented reality, what's that got to do with? construction do you want to give a little bit of a flavor of the kind of things that you um you sure. see good use cases of it as yeah well i think i think the ability to overlay data and 3d content on the real environment around you safely is mm. is the main um use case here especially in terms of construction and the work we did using hololens 2 and working with Trimble as well, Trimble Connect on those devices, uh, allowed us to use uh, mixed reality on construction sites. Um, it's uh, because of the um, the ability, because you're always aware of your environment, you're able to overlay service layouts, um, proposed um, structures, etc. You can also do remote um, assist, so you're doing a video call direct into the headset, allows you to okay. place content live on site so that that was a good example and a good trial so i think i think there's opportunities there but then i think also moving it right back to the front end i think there's a real opportunity in terms of how we revolutionize things like planning and public consultation by oh, placing yeah. proposals you know uh, on site so people can look at these communities can sort of dissect them a bit more as opposed to being stuck on the page. I think there's a real opportunity to just, you know, tell some more engaging stories and also, you know, move things out of the 2D world. I think that's the key thing. So moving beyond the frame, I think is the phrase. So not constantly working either on a on a on a, a screen or on a piece of paper. Because a lot of people struggle with that still. So yeah. you know, it's a, it's quite access is important accessibility is good very interesting so how do you differentiate um between augmented reality ar and mixed reality mr so 
I never. I I always. I used to think wrongly they were the same thing, James. But well, I mean, I think they're pretty interchangeable. There's so many different right. like acronyms now, isn't there? I mean, a lot of people I speak to, speak to call AR AI. So it's it. You know, there's a real. There's a lot of these phrases sloshing around. I mean, mixed reality. I think is more. Um, that's like a, it's like a sort of, that's a combination between VR and AR. So it's kind of immersive, but it's in your real environment and you can explore it in, you can walk around objects, you can interact with them. I think AR, I think if you were looking for a definition is more based on screen-based interaction. Yeah. So I'd say, I mean, mixed reality kind of came about through Microsoft trying to market the HoloLens, which is a cool device. Um, but, it, and it is very different to using a phone, for example. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, that's kind of where we sit on that. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Do you remember the Google um, glasses? Mm. You know, I got invited to their big showroom in London, which at the oh. time was King's Cross when it was being done. And I was, you know, going around and I was kind of translating stuff that you see. And, diff- and it was cool. What happened to it, James? It kind of died, didn't it? It didn't take off yeah. commercially. No, well, that's one of the big, that's always one of the big reference points for things like AR glasses, which you're going to see a bit of an explosion of AR glasses in the next year or two. Oh, really? It's it's kind of already started. A lot lot of the main hardware providers are developing devices. I mean, HoloLens led the way, but I think with Google Glass, I mean, Google have released a second generation Google Glass, but it's more aimed at enterprise, so work work scenarios yeah i think yeah. i don't think people were ready for it i don't think the public were ready for it and also it was kind of not ready for public release yeah um, so a few things it, went wrong. It, and I, it felt like that it felt like a fun yeah. tech demo not something i would genuinely I, buy you know but one then. of the main things was the fact that it had a camera on it mm. and i think in public adoption of ar you know a lot of ar relies on um creating a map of your environment to place content so you need a camera presently. Right. And I think that social contract in public of having a device which has a camera on it, on your face, is, is something that needs to be um, got over, you know. So I think yeah. the, the Ray-Ban glasses, um, which have a camera in and you tap to record, you know, there's a similar issue there. So it's like a privacy thing, which I think was one of the ultimate issues, you know, even mm. and nowadays we're a lot more used to people recording environments and taking photos, but I think that's still that social contract thing of having a pair of glasses that could be recording you at any time still mm. needs to be looked at. So that's an interesting one. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, last but because I'm gonna, I'll, I'll show people what you're doing a bit because I thought it was really interesting, <laughs> right? But last, last thing before you go on to it, and you laugh because when I was a part too, I was playing around with my Connect at the time. You know, mm-hmm. Connect came out and. Everyone who thought they were super cool hackers like me, who weren't really, they basically would download the SDK pack on the Connect and, you know, try to do some experiments. But that was, I mean, again, I think the Connect was ahead of its time because it wasn't very accurate, yeah. James, because of where the cameras were. Having said that, though, you could start to read the room for like £100 at the yeah. time and get a sense of, like you say, that in in the middle because it was kind of ar and you know it was really it was that you could make an you know an augmented version of where you were and it kind of read the room and stuff so um i'm glad i'm glad things have moved on you know but the connect again is on the list next to the google the google glasses (laughs) right you know 
Indeed, yeah. I mean, Microsoft have a bit of a history of going down dead ends at the wrong time, but hopefully, I think all of their stuff is is really important though, because I think the Connect has informed the Hololens, for example. Mm. And uh, I've seen some really cool stuff where people are using Connects to um, hollow project um, transmit holograms into the Hololens, so okay. you've got a live live transmit transmitting of a person playing a guitar for example those kind mm -hmm. of things so that's like hollow porting that kind of technology so yeah it's um yeah it's interesting how these things sort of pop up and then slip away when the, the sort of like the context isn't right definitely yeah it's true well i'm going to bring up your website quickly which is okay. urban-xr.com let me just blue peter style bring it up here hey there we go <laughs> i've got all my tabs here luckily i haven't got anything naughty there but i should have put, i should have put the chrome tab but we're fine so yeah exactly i'm, I'm quite boring i always say to my partner i'm like you can look at my phone it's just work there james you know so no, no nothing that exciting and exciting no. in the tabs but here's the one of the videos on your website yeah. that you well loads up straight away um, I'd love to hear what this project is in your words. Yeah, so this was a real bit of a landmark project for us, really. We, uh, beginning of last, beginning of this year, sorry, God, your brain gets addled with it's all this It's been a long stuff. year for you, James, huh? It was this year. <laughs> and uh, BT approached us um, to have a look at doing an AR experience which covered smart cities. So smart cities mm -hmm. is one of their, um, they have some software that um, pulls together internet of things and data for cities. So this was looking to kind of give a visual representation of that piece of software and their abilities. So we got this model of London and used our visual positioning system, which is provided by Immersal, which is a great product. Um, that's one of the things that has enabled us to do these kind of larger scale, um, very accurate AR experiences. So this doesn't work off a QR code. This works off the um, device recognizing uh, the context it's in, and then it loads in um, these different elements of screens and 3D models. So this was used as a presentation tool out there customer experience center and their brand new offices in London at one Bram and yeah, went down a storm. Oh, it covered, brilliant. covered smart city data, smart ports, which is one of their areas that they like to focus on and also agritech. So, yeah. I love Tell it. Me. I was getting excited there. I think you've got a missed opportunity, James, for battleships, you know, in your, um, <laughs> yes. in your AR. I was seeing the stats for that and I was like, that is a way to bring battleships back in the, 2022 or 2023 shortly you know yeah i'm cool. on that let's let's talk about that after <laughs> you can have that idea for free you know just send me a just send Excellent. me a copy and but you can keep all the, the royalties i mean this looks really cool now what i'd love as well because you mentioned at the start in particular and i think it's important you are you are a qualified architect which is great mm. so what caught your eye with these platforms then james when you because now you mentioned before you've done some traditional architecture you know you are an architect practice in some shape or form but you've made the decision and founding director and staff to go right i'm gonna lean into mm. into these awesome yeah you know presentations you know this cool stuff you're doing at bt these interactive displays which which they use so um you know why did you decide to do that then 
Yeah, well, very good question. I think at the start, um, it was, it became apparent to me that as soon as you could place like large scale interactive 3D content in the spaces that we occupy every day, like our towns and cities, that this was going to be a whole new area of, you know, urban design, essentially. I think that's probably the best way to look at it. And, you know, you can mm -hmm. influence um, how people use space and interact with it via these kind of AR experiences. So the concept that, um, I mean, when I started on this journey in 2019, that kind of wasn't possible. So it was, <laughs> I was quite yeah. lucky in a way these technologies have advanced and pushed forward at the same time as the business. Um, so yeah, being able to do, you know, uh, augmented reality um, exhibitions, uh, hidden history was one of the things I'm really passionate about. Okay. Being able to use AR for, um, you know, storytelling. That's one of the most important things. I think being able to tell different narratives within urban environments about history, about, um, you know, data, pollution, those kind of things in an accessible way, which I think AR can bring to all of those kind of um, spaces, indoor and outdoor as well. So yeah. as soon as you can leverage 3D content outdoors accurately and to a good resolution, that's when it becomes very interesting. And that's where we're, we're focusing uh, our efforts now um, yeah. as a business, definitely. Yeah. The, thing, the, the stuff with the exhibition kind of thing is really good as well because that demonstrates the, the technology. And uh, we've recently installed that London experience again at BT's headquarters in uh, Suffolk. I love but, it. So, yeah. So that was the main thing. It, it was like the ability to overlay and influence how urban spaces function through AR was one of the most exciting things. And that, that's still the direction we're moving in. I love it. Look at this crazy little oh, yeah. um, video. I'll just turn this. I'll just turn the sound off so I don't get copyright striked or whatever. I've had that that's all right. we, we made the music for this. Oh, yeah. Good. Good. But, you know. Not every architect understands that, right? Basically, yeah, listeners, if you if you put your favorite track on to um, a YouTube video, and if I play it, then I can get copyright infringed, which is well. There's not an fun. interesting story about the music yeah. on that video because it was actually done by my cousin's band. Oh, I can get away with it. Isn't it? Here we go. <laughs> See if it comes up. But it'll probably just <laughs> the band just banded. I don't know. It's probably be someone in their bedroom going, oh, "There you go. I'm gonna get the architecture social." Well, I only get a few views on them on them the YouTube yeah. channel. LinkedIn gets a lot, but yeah, you mm. know, if someone wants my thirty views or whatever on YouTube and the pennies, then they can they, they can, can fight. They can have it. Yeah. Yeah. So this this project, um, we did this with the Ipswich business improvement district uh, last year so this was at the at the start of last year this came in so we the, the brief from the client was to do some kind of positive messaging using ar and also um, we came up with the concept of kind of like decorating historic buildings and making them you know eye-catching which we did mm -hmm. and we we did this overlay um, with the thank you key workers message, because obviously at the time we were in COVID. This never got released oh, as a public cool. public app, but this uses the visual positioning system and it's super stable. You can look at it from different directions. And the idea was that um, we could also allow people to select more information on the history of the town hall. So it was kind of this getting people to look up at the building, <coughs> take, take note of how interesting it was, hopefully. 
and then delve a bit deeper into things like the carvings and the statues that were on the building. So that was the kind of that was kind of our first heritage concept, as it were. So yeah, I love it. I we, love it. We need it. to do that as a public app at some point. Yeah, I would try blowing it up bigger, but then the danger is, James, if I make it full screen, no. I don't get to see you and the and I'm in control <laughs> of everything. Yeah, so the beautiful audience could be hijacking it. <laughs> What is this last one? Sorry, am I allowed oh, no, to click everything? <laughs> so this is in the same place. This is a Christmas app. Um, because, you know, I mean, I think there's a there's a thing here in terms of um, outdoor experiences for town centres and high streets. So Ipswich are really forward-looking as a, as a town, and um, they commissioned us to do this public app. So this looks at um, giving an experience on their main square at Cornhill, and we came up with the idea of a reindeer called Sammy hey. who walks down walks down the steps and can provide some selfie opportunities. Ah, this is closer and, to Pokemon, isn't it? You yeah, know? yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, and then loads of any number of people can watch this at the same time. So it's like it's a, it can be a crowd pleaser. And uh, then, yeah, Sammy flies around the square. Oh, that's and cool. And it's quite good fun trying to keep keep it in focus so we, you know this was even though this is like sort of quite frivolous like a, a christmas themed app i think it's you know the complexity and the amount of rendering that's going on here is pretty yeah. complicated and it just yeah. showed that we can do some pretty exciting things oh so, look at that no that so, is yeah. nice and you could have both ends of the scale you know that's exactly that's, that's my view and also yeah. i've got two little nieces well they've grown up more now james but like you know this is the kind of thing I could see them playing with on their phone because otherwise once you've got two little nieces, you know, if they're not happy, they're going to let you know. <laughs> exactly. And, exactly. And, and I've, I've learned parenting one-on-one -on -one shortcut, which people say is the best thing or the worst thing is give your child a tablet, you know, and then <laughs> generally survive a, a Christmas lunch or something. But well, brilliant. I desperately tried to get my daughters to be, you know, on the show reel for this, but obviously they were like, "No, Dad, we're not doing that." Nah, that yeah, is far you gotta, too embarrassing. You got to do far more bribery on that, James. You got to get a lot more McDonald's meals or something. Yeah. Too. I mean, we we have done some interesting stuff more in the architecture side of things, but unfortunately, it's kind of all under NDA. That's but I, can, I can't show any videos on it. But we did do some really, really good stuff, honestly, in Sunderland. Um, looking at the um, a new development that's going up there by the riverside. And we managed to put um, uh, the proposed master plan, which is in a lot of detail, huge model, um, on the site. And uh, we did do a walk around with George Clark from the TV, and he was using the app, and it worked. It was really impressive. So I think this whole idea of presenting proposed developments using this technology is, is going to be something for the future for sure. Um, mm. And I don't think I don't think many people realise that the technology is kind of there now to use. You've yeah. got you've got platforms like um, Niantic who made Pokemon Go. You know they've got their plugins for AR, which is really good. And you've also got uh, Snap from Snapchat. They're leading okay. the way in lots of AR, but they're all looking at this world scale content that you can place permanently in outdoor or indoor scenarios. Yeah. Um, and we can do that now because the, the company we work with, Immersal, are, um, that's, they're free to use and it's a really good product. Difficult to get to grips with, but once you do, you can do stuff like the, 
you know, the reindeer and that kind of thing. And I'm yeah. So, yeah. Very but cool. It, what, what I was going to ask is because obviously, I mean, you're now dealing with complicated jobs and if someone's, needs someone to do some complicated or grandiose job then cool speak to you guys for architects that kind of want to dip their toes in the areas you mentioned now one or two platforms as well if you were starting out again or if people are kind of curious watching this i mean where's a nice uh way into the world without being overwhelmed james you know I think I think looking at stuff that Unity does. Unity is a game engine, so that's kind yeah. of like a focal point for a lot of um, for all the work we do, really. Um, so those kind of game engines, um, you know, I I kind of know my way around it, but I don't get in the hard nosed end of it in terms of coding and things like that. Yeah, yeah. And I think yeah. I think that a lot of you know one of the other reasons I got into this was because you know I, being an architect, we're working with three D models and three D content all the time. We use CAD. <laughs> BIM is super complicated, all that kind of stuff. So this moving towards using a gaming engine and physics and things like that is kind of, I don't think for a, a, an architect because of their background and training, it, it's not too much of a massive shift. Not too much. To be fair, okay. you, can, you can get an overview, which is why I think, you know, this, this kind of potential career direction is, is open to architects for sure. Um, it does require some upskilling. But yeah. the way I found it is that I um, I, uh, I basically um, look to get the opportunities in. And then I work with a team of really great developers called um, Unity Developers. And then I have a guy called Eggbox Studios help me out with 3D content. So we're kind of like, um, it's not a permanent team, but we work regularly together. And yeah, I, I try and pull it all together with my mm. architectural project management skills. I <laughs> love it. Collaborative collaborative working because you know we're all used to that you know working in teams mm. and collaborating it's no different in the tech world you know that's still a thing yeah so yeah so yeah but i think you yeah are. unity is a good starting point there's also a really good um sort of free to use uh, ar platform called worldcast which i'll give a plug to um it's worth checking out um you it allows you to make um placeable ar experiences for free and it also, you can place content um, fairly roughly in the real world. So it's not super accurate, but you know, there's those kind of things that can be done. So, yeah. Nice. So the, you can, that's a few good tips for um, dipping your feet into it. So I can hear my roof is now scrubbing my roof. <laughs> is, is that the time yeah. to? <laughs> no, we, we'll keep going a bit. But, you know, if you need me to go louder, just, uh, just say, you know. I and, can't hear them. Uh, Good. Maybe this microphone's paying itself off with the, you know, the noise isolation. I was going to, I've got a question that's popped up from someone in the audience, James, yeah. and it's a more of a technical question. I think you touched upon it a little bit in your answer before, where Daniel says, is this software, or maybe it's a bit more bigger than that, is, you know, is AR or, or mixed reality capable of utilizing other plugins to overlay a 3D model, question mark, just thinking about how it could be used on site mm -hmm. to show a Revit model mm -hmm. or Acasim model in the correct yeah. location. Um, what's yeah, your thoughts so, on that, James? Well, we did exactly this in Sunderland. Um, we took the... Um, I mean, it won't take a native Revit model. The key thing is getting getting the uh, 3D model into Unity, the game engine. So as, once you get it in there and are kind of working, you can then deploy it 
using a visual positioning system or a plug-in SDK to, to Unity. Mm. So our workflow for that was basically getting getting a, uh, what do we use? We use an FBX file to go into uh, Unity. So generally you have to convert to FBX and you know do maybe some little bits of rationalization, but it should come in okay. And then using uh, for us the plugin by Immersal, uh, you can then push out a, a test app, but it's all via done apps. So you kind of need to know a little bit about how to, to get an app um, published. We usually we use um, Apple a lot because we can publish stuff on test flight. But you know that's where that's where I have a bit more of a grey area on publishing apps. I must admit. Oh. But you know, in a way, it's it's not it's not super complicated. I mean, we did we did that with a very complicated um, master plan model, a lot of detail by Proctor Matthews on that site. So that very interesting. I am. Um... You will laugh years ago. Maybe I was one of the OGs in the space because um, in in Manchester during my part two, part of our project had augmented reality, and we were looking at a town called Burstham and the noise pollution mm. and stuff. So I loaded up, um, got all the data, and loaded it up in the Cry Engine, James. Right, so. So, uh, you know, CryEngine, I know now it's a Unity and, and, and Unreal is the, where the cool kids are mm. playing. But back then it was the CryEngine. But yeah. I learned quite quickly how you need to optimize the model. And if you just shove a BIM model into there, it will have a 10 million triangles and, and the game engine will crawl to a halt. So you had to yes. like, you have to backwards engineer the models, which is an art form in itself, because you've got to know what you can take from and what you can't, and and get yeah. the it's triangles, isn't it? It's all triangles. yeah, polygons, yeah, yeah, polygons. Yeah, no, that's a, that's that's absolutely right. So you know, we've tested with successfully with like sort of millions of polygons, but we did do some test work in central London. Again, I can't mm. name name the client, but it was for a huge skyscraper in central London, and. Um, cool. We got the Revit model, but it, we did have to strip all of the internals out of it because when when the developers were trying to get that into Unity, it just kind of flopped over basically. So mm, it yeah, it's that that's one of the risks, and you, it's not smooth yet. I mean, in terms of the Hololens and using Trimble Connect, you can put um, Revit files into it, but again, there's a restriction on the Hololens uh, to on the headset itself, because it can yep. be a standalone thing to 10,000 polygons, which is not a lot. Um, but one of the projects we're looking at now is looking to try and um, combine um, the AR plugins with uh, remote rendering. Um, so that's where we can take content held on an edge server and render it into the headset over over an edge you know, Wi-Fi connection, essentially, and then that releases the render power because the headset can render in 4k so it can do a lot of a lot of detail it's just that you've got to you've got to shift the processing power to an edge computer which yeah. is the next that'll be the next thing essentially oh. cloud rendering and edge compute so there you go so that's the next thing now yeah. the, the the kind of the topic that brought this all together is because i was posting some metaverse content yeah and as you said the m words so james what's your thoughts on um current forays into 
the architecture metaverse and you can you know we're all we're all friends yeah you can tell us what <laughs> the unfiltered version uh, what's your thoughts on what's happening well i think it's like it's like a double-edged sword the metaverse isn't it i think it's um i think there's i i don't know what it is um but i know it isn't just vr and it isn't just virtual worlds. So, you know, I would make a strong argument that includes AR. And I think this overlaying of data on the real world and digital twins is, is going to be, a, you know, that is going to be a future direction for this conversation, 100%. I yeah. don't, I don't um, even though we're called XR, extended reality, we haven't done a lot of VR work purely because I haven't really sought it out. I think there's lots of companies doing that at the moment. And I think... I think there's a misconception that um, the metaverse is in a VR headset and it's all about Ready Player One and those kind of things. Um, I yeah. think I think I think there's I think what we're talking about here is the uh, developing a 3D language that we can use in many different situations and exploring without borders. I think that's even though I said I don't know what the metaverse is. I think that's kind of the direction we're going into. Obviously, yeah. the 3D internet is something that's rolled out quite a lot. But I think that that just as much applies to doing stuff in our real world. Um, I can't, sometimes I can't get my head around the fact that we should use immense server power to create virtual worlds when we've got a real world here, which would take a lot of time to model, <laughs> a lot of effort. Yeah. So if we can enhance what we have and engage people with the world around us using AI, I think, And stories oh. for sure so yeah the metaverse i think i think, uh, I think it i think it's, it's it's a good thing and it's a great conversation to be having and it kind of got kicked off by uh facebook didn't it really yeah. when they went for meta and uh it's interesting i read an article today that said that um the r d budget is primarily now focused on ar glasses at meta so mm. that's i think they, that's a telling they had a, a telling they've had a lot of cats they? sorry james i don't know if i cut over you there yes. it was um is the there was a bit of lag here and i can't tell if it's my roofers or if there it's was, yeah. um someone downloading <laughs> on your end you know i don't know i am on a i am on an office wi-fi so it could be could be me so, someone's downloading some naughty torrents in the background here huh? well i think i i think we covered a lot of the bases there what i was going to say is um um is there do you have any questions for me or anything at all at the moment yeah well i'd be interested in i think actually i'm just gonna i'm just gonna add one more thing onto my metaverse rant. please go ahead I think, I think we got. I think there's a similarity potentially between because um, we saw NFTs. Obviously, if you if you kept track of the whole NFT buzz and things like that, yeah. So that that was like um, a classic example, I think, of uh, people in <laughs> people attaching a real world metric to something like, okay, we can make a JPEG um, rare and you know viable. And now everybody thinks that NFTs are just about buying bits of NF, you know, JPEGs online, but actually there's the whole the whole blockchain thing and non-fungible tokens goes much deeper than that. Yeah. There's a lot more to it. But that's a classic example where something gets hijacked by a kind of like a real world 
metric. And I think I think the thing we got to remember with the metaverse is that you know I think a lot of people have jumped on this virtual world thing because they can they can kind of get their heads around a virtual copy of a space or you know making things in a virtual environment. And mm. um, and I think what we're going to find is this, we're, we're going to definitely slide back towards this potentially more complex question of overlaying data in our real, in our environment and in our homes as well, because that's that's the direction. Certainly Apple uh, probably going to blow it apart in the next two years, I think, with what they come up with. So we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Um, but in terms of my questions to you, I think, I think well, in terms of uh, architects working in the metaverse, I mean, have you seen, have you had a lot of feedback on that? And have you had anybody that's looking into AR from that side? Yeah, good question. So first one, with architects working in the metaverse, I think, like everything, it depends how ballsy, if I can say that word. I think I can say ballsy without LinkedIn, like, um, censoring me, but... If you if you're ballsy as an entrepreneur, then you kind of got to go in 110. percent So there's a lot of architects I see, James, who maybe they work their day job and they do these awesome projects, and that tends to be most of the architects at the moment. Yet there are one or two entrepreneurial companies I'm familiar with, such as Spaces and Sunken Blimps. It's all kind of cool mm, names. Yeah. yeah. And um, who else? So decent architecture do stuff, but they do work as well. And I think that, for instance, Sunken Blimp's quite impressive. I had them on my podcast, mm. and where they're really impressive is that they're profitable. They charge their clients mm. a lot of money for these virtual spaces, mm. which is great because it's proof of concept. Yeah. But they are phenomenal, you know, mm. and, and they're cutting edge. And I think that... I think because they've rolled the dice streams and they've gone all in, like you set up a company, they've just made it and they're they're going for it and they're yeah. innovating in the space. And therefore, right now they're doing really well. But I think that the, the question is, is it easy to monetize stuff in the, in the metaverse or NFTs? And the answer, I don't think it is. I think it's really hard. And, um, you know, a quick example of that is that I experimented with NFTs mm. and luckily it was not my core business. So it's just a bit of experimentation, James, mm. you know, just getting my head around yeah, the concept. Sure, yeah. But, you know, I, I couldn't really make a business out of it. And, and I think that's the, the big question. So to answer to answer what you said, there are some architects designing in the metaverse, which are doing really well and profitable. But I do think the space is still very fragile and very new. Yeah. And there will be a bubble that's going to pop. And I think that I think that a few key players will will really grow in the space and be the de facto one. So, for example, Saha Hadid is also. They have a department which specifically keeps an eye on this stuff. But I think it's still way too early. And I think that mm. like crypto's getting wobbles and stuff. I think NFTs and, and, and the metaverse will have a big wobble. And I, I you know, it, I, for example, last last thing I'd like to touch on that point is like there's so many metaverse platforms, you know, and it's like yeah. which one's gonna be the one that wins and, and you know, is it sandbox? Is it the central land? I don't know if you've been in the central land, but I was kind of like, I wasn't particularly wowed. It, it wasn't like me putting on ready player one. Right. And I'm no. like, yeah. but then spatial, which has less blockchain mm. and stuff, 
is a really good app in terms of because I think the accessibility is amazing on 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 spatial because you can load it up on your Android or or your TV and 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 you can go in the virtual reality and you touched upon that earlier with headsets. It's like I've got a, a HTC Vive headset. It's a pain in the ass to set that thing up all the time, James. <laughs> you know, I and, can't use them. Yeah, I and, guess, also, and you know, so For stuff accessibility like, is an issue. Yeah. yeah, and like you could have a client and you could set something up, but. What happens if they move something? You have to be there. You have to watch it. So very fiddly things get in the HTC. They're amazing, you know, but like you said, it's very fiddly and not accessible. So I think there there is something in it, but we, we will see what the next few months mention, you know. Yeah, well, I... I remember, um, I remember years ago when Second Life and like you know launched and things yeah, like that. Yeah, totally. And, and uh, someone, you know, people were saying, "Oh, you know, maybe there's there's work in that for architects and things like that." Well, you know, that was God. Was that like two thousand and I don't know? Was it two thousand and six or something like that? I can't remember. Yeah. It was a long time ago, and it's still going. So that was the kind of the original, the original sort of. Well, the second life uh, creator is uh, making his own metaverse now, James. But I don't oh, know what's yeah. happened. He's got his eye on it. But you're right. I used to, you know, go on all the old chat rooms and the second life. And it's a bit weird, but also a bit fun. Like, you know, what I yeah. mean, you go on, you can upset someone if you mistreat their house and stuff, you know, like ooh, moving around. So it's, it's, it's a strange little world i tell you the other bit on that subject which is mad because the gaming industry is so prolific mm. and i mean i've played video games even when they were uncool james you know when you had to like lie they'd be like what's your hobbies i'd be like i don't know rugby and then i was like i don't know what a pc game is right so i used to i used to it, it was uncool back then but now the video game industry is oh, like yeah. call of duty millions and millions millions you talked about earlier unity is a game engine yeah but you know there's a lot of construction and stuff that's built upon the technologies of of the game industry and what i was going to say is one quick point where there's eve online is like a, a space mm. game and i yeah. never it was never really for me but people buy spaceships for like hundreds of thousands of pounds on that platform so yeah yeah you know and they can be from like 20 quid to 100 quid and there was like one starship with like loads of places to wine and dine your guests and stuff and it was like it sold for something like three four hundred grand and now don't quote me on the exact numbers but it's out there I'll, i'll try to put the link into it after this However, people buy these spaces online. And that's where I think yeah. it's funny. It's all crazy until someone pays it. And then I'm like, well, if someone's paid it, yeah. then there is an industry there. And I do think that there is roles for architects to create in the metaverse or different uh, game platforms. But I'm just not convinced I know which one it is yet, yeah, which will be the one, you know? It's very, but I think it's a very tough, you know, I mean, it's really, yeah, good point on gaming industry because I think, I mean, interestingly, I've, I've had, I've been doing a couple of bits with gaming course locally in Norfolk, you know, so that that side of the industry is interested in what, what we're doing in terms of a commercialization and using gaming engines to deliver commercial stuff, um, which is interesting. But, you know, I don't I don't really get much engagement from the architectural uh, side of things, which is kind of understandable, because I think 
just on that point, I think there's a lot. There's you know, if you if you if you're an architect and you've got a profession and there's a lot, of, there's some stability there. I mean, I experienced this as well. It's like leaving that, <coughs> leaving that path. Well, you'll know about this and doing something different is very scary, you know. And mm. you get this massive imposter syndrome thing, and some people are like, "Well, what's this? What's this person doing? Why are they even attempting to do this kind of thing?" Mm. And so it is. It is. It is a scary scary area to get into and you know i understand that not everybody's going to have the uh the, the the belief to do that but i think i think you're right in the next five <laughs> everything's five to ten years in this space isn't it but i think it's happening but and i think but the interesting thing about gaming is that you know there's a lot of gaming people out there that already make amazing spaces yeah. in, in games so, but I think where architects might have can have the advantage is this merging of the real world and AR and mixed reality, because we know how the real world works. We know how people behave in spaces. So it's curating how those interventions, digital interventions in the future, will affect how spaces work and how they function. I think that's a real that's a key point, definitely. Yeah, I, I I could I could not agree more. So we watch this space, we watch the dreaded M word, and we see where yeah. augmented and virtual reality goes. There is there any last questions you wanted to ask me, James, at all about anything? No school prediction for England Wales. I'm not a huge follower of sports. It's just outed me on on public, aren't I? <laughs> I get, you know, it'll make you laugh. I get on teams and like my parents every now and then be like, come on, Wales, you know, and it seems like we're hanging in there for dear life. But um, we'll go for I've, a draw. I've got to support Wales, you know. And oh, of course. Even though I live in London, it can get tricky, you know. <laughs> At least I, I won't go to the pub wearing a Welsh, like, you know, football shirt. Uh, you'll I'll, be okay. Yeah, well, we're we're seen as like the little brother of like England, you know. Like England gives us a lot of flack, but then if someone else picks on us, you guys always stick up for me, you know. <laughs> well, you're English, so technically, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. But you I probably am. spent Co more time studying in Wales than I did. So, mm. some yeah. way <laughs> this is a fact. This is a fact. And Cornwall does not yet have a national team. But, you know, I think they'd probably go for it if they could. <laughs> yeah, but you've got Cornish pasties, which are amazing. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. You don't need and a football team when you, you've got them things. They're blooming lovely, aren't they? You know? Yeah, it's a I secret weapon. I haven't had a Cornish pasty in ages, you know? <laughs> I fancy one. I, I, you know. Yeah, anyway. anyway. Yeah, when I go home, it's, it's a bit of a disaster zone. But I don't eat them outside of Cornwall, you see. I ban myself. Do you? I ban yeah. <laughs> I actually went to a rugby match and I had a Cornish pasty, so it all kind of fits in, mate, you know? There you go. The full circle of pasties well, you, But there we go. Well, the absolute <laughs> terrible football predictions from me. I failed you all. <laughs> I failed you all. However, I think um, the conversation was more productive in, in, in learning more about AR and VR and XR and all the MRs and... All the all the something ours, but James, you you're an absolute legend. I'll bring up your website one more time now. Where can people find you if they want to chat more about the um, augmented reality? Uh, LinkedIn's always a good one. Uh, I'm, I'm a good LinkedIn dweller, so direct message or invite to connect on there, or James Lee at urban-xr.com. 
that'll get me on the email. So yeah. Lovely. Well, James, thank you for bearing with me and the roofers, you know. And my, maybe my dodgy connection or your dodgy connection. We we've yeah. done it and the end and I've really enjoyed speaking to you. So it's been I'm great. gonna thank you. My pleasure, dude. Um, I'm going to end the live stream now. Thank you for you guys as well. I might have a podcast tomorrow. I have to check my diary. But more content coming soon in the short term. If you want to talk anything augmented reality or mixed reality, then James and his company is definitely a good place to start. Thank you so much, James. I'm going to end the live stream now. And have a good um, rest of the day, everyone. Try to survive. Halfway there. And don't ask me about the sports. I, I won't be very good at that. <laughs> see, see you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.